You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Dear Governor is a production of iHeartMedia and Three Mutts Media. If you are moved by Jarvis Masters and his 30-year struggle on San Quentin's death row, and you'd like to support his cause, please consider signing a petition on his behalf. Visit freejarvis.org slash podcast to sign your name to an open letter to California Governor Gavin Newsom. Dear Governor Newsom. Dear Mr. Governor Newsom. This is an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom. Dear Governor Newsom. In season one of Dear Governor, the California Supreme Court reaffirmed the death sentence of Jarvis Masters despite the fact that his defense team presented credible new evidence that he was not a party to the conspiracy that took the life of corrections officer Howell Birchfield 35 years ago. If you have yet to do so, we encourage you to listen to season one from the beginning to get to know Jarvis and the heartbreaking but life-affirming story that has gotten him to this point. Since his final state appeal, a stellar new team of attorneys has assembled around Jarvis and pledged to represent him through the federal appeals process. In season two, we will meet some of those attorneys and follow them as they work to help Jarvis find freedom after 40 years of incarceration. And we will dig deeper into facets of Jarvis's life, as well as the deeply flawed criminal justice system. Jarvis has asked that we devote this season to the life and recent passing of Michael Satris, a personal friend of Jarvis and one of the criminal defense attorneys who represented him in the murder trial in which Jarvis was sentenced to death. Michael devoted 44 years of practice advocating for people involved in the criminal justice system, and in 1976, he co-founded the Prison Law Office, a nonprofit that achieved historic legal victories for prisoners in California. Me and Michael had very, very fond memories, and we laughed in court, and we was shocked by certain things. Jarvis Masters on his friendship with the late Michael Satris. I sat next to Michael for four or five years. I remember one time, I thought the man was getting ready to go to jail. I mean, he he wouldn't sit down. 
judge him, sit down, sit down, Mr. Mastatris, and Michael would not. The judge didn't understand what his argument was, and he and the judge kept saying, denied. I'm denying your motion. I'm denying. And then the judge said something like, I'm done with it. Sit down, Mr. Satras. And Mike, I looked up at Mike, and Mike says, well, you know, before I do that, I want to make a record of. And then <laughs> I thought he was going to jail, really, you know. So that was one time when I had to tell Mike, yeah, you have to slow your roll, man, because you didn't know where I'm at. One thing about Mike Satras. Even though he left my case after the case was lost, we stayed in contact with each other. He also did a lot of work when he didn't have to to get me out of solitary confinement. It was nothing that, you know, anyone paid him for. It was him knowing that I had been in solitary confinement for 20-something years. And he really, really, you know, said, you know what, Jarvis? Even though you lost this case and we did our best and justice failed you and all that, he said, I'm going to try my best to get you out of solitary confinement. And he spent a lot of time, did a lot of work on doing that. So I definitely want to give him shouts out for that, you know. My name is Bonnie Jones, and I was married to Michael for 43 years. A funny story. This was right at the beginning of the representation, and this was back uh, January 30th, 1986. Mm. And our second daughter was overdue. And I said to Michael, I had a doctor's appointment, and she was five days overdue, and I said, I think the doctor's going to induce the baby. And he said, well, gee, can he do it in the afternoon? Because I have a hearing for Jarvis in the morning. (laughs) And I said, I think the doctor will induce the baby when the baby needs to be induced. And I drove myself to the doctor's appointment. And in fact, they broke my water and the baby was in distress. And I went into labor and drove myself to the hospital in labor. And Michael showed up after the hearing. But it speaks to Mike's dedication to his clients. Michael was very focused and dedicated on, on Jarvis and was just devastated when he received the death sentence. But one thing about Michael that he accepted people who they were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he accepted himself. Mm-hmm. He wasn't foolish, but he just met people and saw the best in them. To get us up to date with Jarvis's appeals process and to better understand what we can anticipate and where we go from here, we invited back Stanford Professor of Law Lawrence Marshall, who was instrumental in helping to attract Kirkland and Ellis to represent Jarvis. In criminal cases, and particularly so in capital cases, if you have been convicted in the state courts and in the capital cases, if your sentence has been upheld, as a capital sentence, you have the right to seek review in federal court. And that's typically known as habeas corpus, federal habeas corpus. And what you're doing is you're going into federal court and saying that I am being held or my sentence is being imposed in violation of the United States Constitution. Uh, So you're really only going in on federal constitutional claims because when it comes to issues of state law, you know, some evidence ruling under state law, the federal court is in no position to second guess that. So you go in and you say, and this is called, it's often known as the great writ because of the power that it has to ensure fidelity 
to the Constitution. And historically, there have been times when state courts, and I'm not saying California is like this, but historically, there have been times when state courts have been unwilling to follow the dictates of the Constitution. Think about cases in the South in the 1930s, 40s, where, you know, the bias was so extreme and the pressure on judges was so extreme that we couldn't have great confidence that constitutional rights were being respected. And based on that, the Supreme Court of the United States and Congress expanded expanded habeas corpus to create a remedy where you would have an independent federal judge who was immune from any sort of pressure deciding whether or not the case comported with constitutional requirements. Why are they immune from from pressure? The unique part of the federal judiciary is once you are appointed, regardless of who appointed you, you have salary and tenure protections. You serve for the rest of your life unless you've done something completely horrid. I mean, some sort of felony or something, not a situation where we're going to second guess what you did on on the bench. We have that you know, down here in Santa Clara County, where a judge was recalled, thrown off the bench because people were unhappy with a sentence he imposed in a sexual assault case in the federal court. That could never happen. Judges are immune from that and are are able, therefore, with great job security, to call them as they see them. Jarvis is in the Northern District of California. Mm-hmm. That is where he's being held, of course, San Quentin, but it's also, by the same token, where the crime actually occurred, uh, and that in the, the county in which he was convicted and sentenced, and that's what will determine which federal court you're going to be in. Does his his team, will they be hiring like investigators looking at the crime 30 years ago, or is this purely just talking about constitutional issues so they're dealing with what's on the table right now? I can tell you that generally in these circumstances, the crux of what you'll be doing is looking at what was presented in state court and showing that there were constitutional violations But by the same token, investigations will continue. And if new evidence does emerge, then efforts will be made to have the federal court consider that new evidence. And there are a lot of various doctrines that can allow that to happen. Uh, So the answer is it's really dual track in a Mm -hmm. case of this magnitude. No Mm -hmm. one's going to stop investigating ever. And the same Mm -hmm. token, the major focus of the habeas petition is going to be what actually happened in the state courts. Jarvis's team filed in November of 2020. These things take considerable time. And, you know, obviously the idea that all this is happening literally 35 years, 36 years, 36 years after the murder is just really mind-boggling. And Jarvis having been in custody for all but a tiny period of of that span uh, is just is just really mind-boggling. Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's 
the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I asked Professor Marshall to help us better understand the size and scope of the team that's currently representing Jarvis. You know, Kirkland and Ellis is a very serious uh, law firm. Uh, it's, uh, I should, although I'm not one of the lawyers on the team, I do have an affiliation with the firm uh, doing some work with them. And they're considered to be among the, you know, the great firms of the world. The lawyers that they've put on the case uh, include uh, lawyers with some very significant pro bono experience in death penalty cases, successful in, in some instances. Uh, and then there's an army of associates, junior partners and associates who are eagerly engaging with the project. So there are a lot of lawyers, a lot of really, really smart or really dedicated lawyers. And, you know, the number fluctuates depending on people coming and leaving 
the firm or having to leave the case because they're you know otherwise occupied. But it's uh, two senior partners, uh, one junior partner, I believe, and I'd say four or five associates. When Kirkland and Ellis agreed to represent Jarvis, he was elated. I would imagine that a lot of the folks come to them in asking them for pro bono services. Was there something about Jarvis's case that they found particularly compelling that pushed them to take this under their wing? Yeah, sure. You know, I think when you put together two components of the case, it becomes almost irresistible for a lawyer who is committed to fighting you know, for justice. And one of those components is the nature of the evidence and how terribly, terribly weak and problematic it was in the first instance, even back at trial, but then how extraordinarily empty it became once the state's witnesses, one by one, each completely recanted his testimony uh, in front of a judge under oath and said, you know, I lied when I said that Jarvis Masters was involved. Mm-hmm. So we're left with a case right now where it stands thoroughly on the testimony of people who have since recanted that testimony. Now, so that's one part of it. The other part of it is Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis says anybody who's you know, been paying attention to the case uh, knows is an extraordinary human being. Uh, he has emerged from a, a background of just really unthinkable ugliness in terms of his childhood and rearing and circumstances he found himself in as a, as a teenager. And he's become a, a thoughtful, sensitive, caring man. Um, and that's a very unique transformation. And it is, it's not that we couldn't have a system where that's the norm. I think we could. I think people generally do tend to age out of a lot of their criminality. So the idea that he's, you know, become a straight, if you will, uh, law abiding, because he's not getting, he's not out there getting violations and getting involved in things in the prisons. Um, the idea that he's done that shouldn't be too unusual, but it, given the circumstances on death row, it, it is at some level, given you know, how horrifying those circumstances are. So when you put together just the, the weakness of the case and the quality of the individual and the leadership and inspiration he provides for others, uh, it really does become, as I say, pretty irresistible. Could Jarvis's case ever end up at the Supreme Court level? Sure. I mean, Jarvis has some issues in the case, some federal constitutional issues that are very significant. And, you know, I am very hopeful that he will secure relief in the trial court. And if the state chooses to appeal that, that the Ninth Circuit would uh, agree uh, and affirm his being given that relief. In the event that those things didn't happen, I think Jarvis would have, you know, a very strong uh, chance of securing what's called certiorari from the U.S. Supreme Court. That's when the Supreme Court 
decides to uh, hear a case. Doesn't do that very often at all. It does it around 80 times for the whole country for the whole year, but it does it in, and usually it wants certain kinds of cases that have split the lower courts. But I think there are aspects of Jarvis's case that are so compelling that I would hope that uh, they would be a strong candidate for uh, for cert, as they say. So when you say relief at the lower level, does that mean like, could he be exonerated or what is a best case scenario for his situation? The best case scenario, given the claims that are being advanced, and this is what's typically the case, is that the federal court would say the conviction and sentence are vacated and the case is remanded to state court with the instruction to either let him go or to retry him within X number of days. And that is the most generally that a federal court can do. There are rare instances where a federal court can go beyond that and say that the evidence, even at the time it was presented, was so insufficient Mm -hmm. that no reasonable jury could convict. But that's an extremely rare thing to have happen. Usually you're talking about a remand to the state court for the state to make a decision on how to proceed. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails. And the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, 
the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Jeffrey Rotwine, and I'm an attorney. I've been practicing for about 45 years. I met Michael Satras in the late 1980s. He was an attorney on a capital case involving a killing of a guard at San Quentin Prison in Marin County, and they needed a second attorney, and I was uh, appointed to to work with him and to represent our, our client Jarvis Masters. We represented Jarvis through the preliminary hearing, into the trial, all the way through the guilt trial, into the penalty phase of the trial as well in 1990. So I am really, really, really going to miss Michael. I already have. I talked talk to my wife this morning about it. I can't believe Michael's gone. He had a great reputation, a really sterling reputation in the legal community, uh, with the judges, with the courts. His closing argument in the penalty phase with Jarvis was just brilliant. It was so meaningful and warm and personal. And frankly, I got tears in my eyes. I mean, it was just, uh, it was, it was not, it was not legal. It was very humanistic about Jarvis and about life and about life and who he was, who Jarvis was. It was incredibly moving. Following, attorney Rick Targo volunteered to read excerpts of Michael Satras's final plea in the penalty phase of Jarvis's capital case. Rick had been appointed by the California Supreme Court to associate counsel in the appeal of Jarvis's conviction and sentence. And through the years, he got to know and appreciate Michael Satras and his stellar reputation. Michael Satras's closing arguments in defense of Jarvis J. Masters, July 3rd, 1990. Some are born to sweet delight. Some are born to endless night. We know well from the evidence in this case, ladies and gentlemen, that Jarvis Masters was not born into a life of sweet delight. And we know just as certainly from the verdicts that you have already rendered in these proceedings that he will live a life of endless night in state prison. You can see his future that awaits him. It is a very dark one. There's barely a light at the end of that tunnel, but there is a little bit of light. There is a light of life. And the question that faces you now is whether that little bit of light is too much to give to Jarvis Masters. The question is, is the life that Jarvis Masters has led so far, that life you've heard so much about, not a very happy one, not one that we would wish on anybody, is that life too good for him so that right now it must be put an immediate end to? Right now, as soon as legally possible, direct the state of California to place Jarvis Masters in the gas chamber a few miles away from here. 
I think there's one overall principle that the law is going to give you. Remember, this is Latin, in favorum vitae, in favor of life. That's a principle that the law has used to decide questions where they are complex and where they are profound, where there's no ready answer. And what the law does in this case is decide in favor of life. And I think as you see the instructions, you will see they tend to make it very easy for you to return a verdict in favor of life, and they make it very hard for you to return a verdict in favor of death. The law is wise. It knows its own limits. It knows it can't tell you ever to impose death. At the most, what it can do is leave you alone and let you make that decision on your own personal moral judgment that death is required. If Mr. Masters is put to death at the direction of you, by the state, that is something you cannot call back any more than any of us can call back Sergeant Birchfield, which everyone in this room I know would wish so fervently that we could. You're in a hard position. It's not a happy position. You have to decide between life and death. You found guilt, which meant a life without possibility of parole. But choose to believe. Choose to believe. Do something that's positive. I'm positive. Let's be positive. Let's hope that institutions can change and take care of the situations. Let's hope that people can change. Let's help them. Let's encourage them. In this case, there was talk about state-raised. And Jarvis is the paradigm of being state-raised. The state took charge of him when he was six years old, and he's been under that care of the state in one form or another since. The state has been his parent. And now you're supposed to be in the position of directing the state to kill him? The state wants to kill him. Would you kill your own child? It's not normal. You don't. You don't. You understand him. You do what you can, and you don't give up. You don't just say, he hasn't done this thing, I haven't done mine, I failed, he's failed, let's just kill him. You don't do that to your own children, and the state should not do that in this case. As Mike was uh, winding down, he asked the judge how much time he had left, and she said, two minutes. Mike said, I want you to think of Jarvis. Think of him as Jay. Remember Jay? Remember him being kept in the dark of his house, hiding out in the dark? jumping out of the window at age four or five or whatever to scrounge food? Remember Jay. Remember J.J., who developed the relationship with his sister, who had uncles who were in prison, supposedly taking care of him in and out of prison. The violence in that ghetto, the violence that started in the womb for Jarvis. Remember, in the end, the person of Jarvis Masters, who is here and now before you, and who you have heard from personally and heard so much about when you decide whether it is really necessary he be put to death. Immediately following Michael Satras's final argument, the court reaffirmed the fact that the defendant has been found guilty of murder in the first degree and the special circumstances charge here was also found to be true. They continued... The law of this state is that penalty for a defendant found guilty of murder in the first degree where a special circumstance has been found, he shall be put to death or confinement in state prison for life without the possibility of parole. 
Under the law of this state, you must now consider which of these two penalties shall be imposed on the defendant. You shall determine which of these two penalties is appropriate. Of the three defendants in the murder trial of Sergeant Birchfield, while Jarvis was easily and obviously the least culpable, he was nevertheless arbitrarily sentenced to death. And here he is, 30 years later, fighting for justice. Next week on Dear Governor, a close personal friend of Jarvis, David Sheff, author of The Buddhist on Death Row, How One Man Found Light in the Darkest Place. This episode was written and produced by Donna Fazari and myself, Corny Cole. Our theme song, Sentenced, is compliments of the band's stick figure from their album Set in Stone. Stu Sternbach composed the original music. Nate Dufort did the sound design. For more information on Jarvis and to find out how you can follow his case and support his cause, please visit freejarvis.org. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.